You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the Seven Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of Seven Figure Builder, where we help high achieving CEOs work smarter, not harder, with gorgeous insights to scale to seven figures and beyond. And I'm here today with my awesome friend, Christina Pierce. Hey, Christina. Hey, Julie. Thanks. Nice to be here. I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. Always have to talk about all those things, especially the work smarter, not harder. Heck yeah, absolutely. That's our dream. Everybody's dream, right? Is do less and earn more. Heck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, first and foremost, where in the world are you? I am in upstate New York. And I always have to tell people when I mention upstate New York that it is not an hour outside of New York City. I am five hours outside of New York City. There's a whole big state up there. Um, I am in the Finger Lakes region, which is um, wine country. We were actually voted the number one wine country um, over Napa quite a few times by USA Today. Um, have Watkins Glen International, a great raceway that NASCAR comes to in our little town once a year, but nope, born and raised here, but doesn't mean we're going to stay here. We're, we're getting that bug to fly a little South. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That is a gorgeous area. My husband and I actually go up there a lot. He does, um, tournament fishing. So we go up to St. Lawrence river and Lake Champlain. So we Ah, are definitely, you definitely are. And like you said, you know, very well that there's a whole big part of the state up here that does, that's very different than New York city. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous up there. Awesome. So for people that haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, can you tell us a little bit about what you do with your business? Oh, yeah. So um, I am the founder and CEO of Pierce Media. We're a digital marketing agency, but we specialize in paid ads only. So we are, you know, first love is always meta, Facebook and Instagram. And then from there, we also handle Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Google. Um, And we're always looking at other ways, other platforms, like we are actually dabbling in expanding possibly, and you heard it here, um, possibly into Amazon ads. So excited to to dive into that and take a look. Um, But on top of, you know, handling ads, um, we do some strategy sessions, some consulting. People always want to know, am I ready? What should I do? Um, We do full ad audits. So if you are running or you have somebody that is, and you're not really sure what's going on, have us do an audit. And the biggest part now of the business is that um, June 1st, knock on wood, um, we are actually going to be launching a membership, a monthly membership um, that's called the Marketing Mafia, um, that will actually have a couple trainings a month, one on um, from an expert, whether it's somebody that specializes in analytics somebody that specializes in email marketing, content, mindset, money, everything that's marketing and kind of goes in that realm. And then there will also be an ads training a month and plus some other special things. So we're excited about that. We're excited to get the mafia off the ground. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear more about that. So we're just going to dig right in, but what size business how big should they be? Where do you recommend people to start with ads? Like, I know it's easy to just burn money unnecessarily, Mm -hmm. but ads can be so incredibly (laughs) effective if you have things working in the right way. So what, what do you tell people? What I tell people is it's, it's kind of a, 
it's a it's a double-edged sword in many, many ways. But what I usually tell people is that, is there always an ideal time? No, there are ideal things that you need. For instance, um, there's a lot of businesses out there like mine, which we all run our businesses differently, but like mine that will do what we call done-for-you services. You come on as a month-to-month retainer client, everything is set up, you pay month-to-month, it's all taken care of. That's not always feasible for many businesses out there, especially businesses starting out. So what I decided to do is I set up phase, kind of a phase plan where Mm -hmm. we talk about where you start. But the biggest thing is this, and I I think that I, I preach it a lot and I can't stop preaching it, is this. Facebook ads will not make a difference in your business. They won't change your business. Instagram ads will not change your business. Posting on Facebook won't change your business. Sending emails won't change your business. There's only one thing that will actually change your business, and that's a sale. Sales are what changes your business. It's what helps your business. It's what affects it. So you have to look at what do I need to get those? The biggest thing with ads is people will say, oh, well, you know, I have this. I have this program. I have this package. I have this that I can offer people. The biggest question I always ask them is, have you sold it? Have you validated your offer? Because we know, you know, if you can put together this great package or this great coaching program that's $5,000 and it's phenomenal and it'll knock people's socks off, or maybe it's $500, but if no one will buy it, is it really that good? I hate to say, but it's not. You have to validate that offer. You have a warm audience, get somebody to buy it. Try a beta testing of it, but you have to validate the offer because if you can't sell that offer with no money behind it, you're not going to sell it by putting money behind it. It's not a magic wand. It's not all of a sudden going to get that cash register ringing like crazy and all this money flowing in there. It just doesn't work that way. And I think that's where people make the mistake and think that ads will increase revenue, which they can when done right. But they get this false hope or this overnight success or, you know, I'm sorry, believe the stories of launch ads. And, you know, I made six figures in three days and we'd all be rich if that was the case. (laughs) Exactly. No, I, I love that answer because it's so important to refine your organic path before you crank up the volume with ads. And I think you know, people look at ads as the magic fix and you're right. It's not, I mean, it's hugely valuable. So I'm not devaluing, you know, the purpose of your business, but you have to validate that offer first to make sure people actually want to buy it. Otherwise you're end up wasting money, which nobody wants to do that. Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, there are times I do free discovery calls with people. If somebody wants to chat and find out where they're at or if they're ready or what they should do to get ready, get on a call with me. You get me. You don't get anybody else. You get me. And, and, you know, I kind of have a fault that I am blatantly honest. So I will tell you. Um, But I do, because the last thing I want is that person to post in Facebook or tell somebody Facebook ads don't work. So let's skip that. Let's figure out what you need and, and what works because often they don't realize it. And it's, you're right with the organic side that we call it, which is posting on Facebook, posting on Instagram. They work hand in hand. It's a team. Mm -hmm. Things have to work together the same way that 
you know, if you're sending emails, whatever you're doing, it all works together as a team. And you, there's no one part that's more important than the other. Yeah. And the beauty of ads, and this is where I like to geek out, is the targeting, right? Like you can get so ridiculously specific in your targeting of all the different platforms. But can you speak to that? Like, how do you best use that? Yeah, the targeting is it's I love targeting. I spend hours upon hours um, doing audience research to Mm -hmm. see what audiences may be out there and what we can do and how we can stack them or how we can narrow in different things. But what has happened in the last year, especially, is that Facebook really has taken a lot of targeting away from people, especially those in the health and wellness market. Mm they took away a ton of targeting of interests that people would be, you know, like you want to show your ad to somebody that's interested in Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or something like that. They took those away. So a lot of health and wellness people are like, what worked for me before doesn't work now. So that's where you have to get creative. And not only with coming up with cold audiences, like for instance, I have people fill out this long avatar sheet Mm -hmm. and I will say to them, questions like what type of music do they listen to? And they're like, um, I specialize in female hormone balance. Why? Because we often will cast that net bigger, think mm-hmm. bigger. Okay. Most of the people in my, de- the demographic of my avatar listen to sixties music. Mm-hmm. So we'll say we want people interested in sixties music, but then we'll say, but they also must match Maybe it's keto, maybe it's paleo, maybe it's Pilates. You can narrow things down so you can cast that net big, but start narrowing it down. And that's where you find those were pockets of people. Because remember, the ad's going to speak to them. So if it's somebody that's interested in 60s music and happens to see your ad, if your ad's not for them, they're not going to click it. You're not going to pay for a click. They're not going to be interested and they're going to scroll by and that's okay. But the other part of targeting, though, that most people forget is that warm network. And when we talk about warm, we talk about people that have engaged with your Facebook page, engaged with your Instagram, who like your page, people who have viewed a video. If you're one that posts videos to your page or goes live, you can hit people that have viewed that, even down to the amount of time they did. People that visited your website, if you don't have your pixel installed, get it installed. Yeah. Because same thing. If they landed on a specific page, the amount of time they spent on your website. But what I love is all of these work even further. So we take somebody that's, hey, we want anyone that's visited this person's website in the last 180 days. So we target them. But then we also tell Meta, Facebook, hey, we want you to create a lookalike audience of people who have visited the website in the last 180 days. So then they do a match and there's another audience for you. So there's so many ways that you can totally geek out on all of these. You know, you can do a video view. Hey, we got video views. Let's get people to watch the more video. So we push the video out and let's get more video views. Then we target those people that watch the video, but then we create a lookalike audience of people who watch the video. So it's just an ever evolving, you know, door and so many people miss out on it. Yeah. And to take it one step farther, you can also exclude people, right? Like people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one. So like if you have a lot of the times with people when they're doing things with paid ads, they don't want to target, for instance, um, if they're pushing a program, they don't want to target, obviously, people that have already bought the program. 
risk, but we can exclude them, whether it's based on them landing on a URL or the other wonderful thing is that if you have a great list, we can not only upload your entire email list and target them, but we can also target segments. So if you have a list of current students that you don't want to target, we upload your list of current students and say, please don't target them. So yeah, it's actually pretty cool. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that in the way you look at it is that you don't always want to waste money really per se on that. But the other is, is that this is terrible, but you'll find coaches that say, well, they bought it for this price and I'm running a special and I don't want them to see the price. Oh, right. Yeah, there's that too. So yes, it goes back and forth. So going back to what you mentioned about the 60s music. So for the people that are listening and they're like, I have no idea what my avatar listens to, right? Like, how do you recommend people to fill out that form that you have and do that research in their ideal audience? One is that they really need to look at who they're serving now, even in their, just their warm audience. And an easy way to do that, when I get a client that says, I'm stuck on the avatar, one, I always work with them on it. Um, and with most of them, I've worked in that, in whatever industry they're in for some time. So I have a folder that I'm actually putting it out to make it electronic now, but I have a folder probably three inches thick of audience research and things. But what I'll ask them is, do a poll in your, on your Facebook page, ask, ask them, say, I said, it's, and it's a great way to do an organic post. Why not say, Hey, you know, my favorite type of music is this, what's yours? Drop it below or ask them a couple questions, get to know your people, get to know the people that are following you. That's where you're really going to learn who your avatar is. And especially if you've gotten people in your warm network to take a next step with you, Mm -hmm. get to know them. It's that's the easiest way to do it is to just ask. Yeah. A constant market research. That's the way I look at it is everything you do should be based around market research and getting to know your ideal client on a closer level. Absolutely. I'll give you a tip. Here's a great little nugget for people. It's something I use and it's, I shared it with somebody else and they're like, really? (laughs) Is you often find sometimes get stuck in that with, well, what, what are their you know, we kind of talk about pain points because a lot of the times you can target pain points. So if you know that somebody struggles with weight or exercise and isn't sure of things, you need to come up with ways because you can't target weight loss. For instance, you can't target, there's certain things you can't is I go to Amazon and I go to books and I search for books on the topic of whatever the person specializes in. When I do that, it'll pull up certain books. Like, let's say that we're researching um, fertility issues. So I might find books, the top books on Amazon that are about fertility. I then read the reviews that people leave on the book. Because in the review, they'll often say, I was struggling with, you know, somebody might, it might be something on stress and they might be saying, I struggled with hair loss. I struggled with not being able to sleep. So then it's like, okay. I might want to target an interest of hair loss, which you can. Mm -hmm. They left that one on Facebook Um, or, you know, sleep, things like that. So I will read the reviews because people will tell you how the book helped them. So that means they're telling you some of the issues and the challenges that they had. And a lot of the times that will turn into things that you can actually target on Facebook and Instagram with ads. I love that. Another one I've used is YouTube videos and go in and read the comments that people are listing. Like not Absolutely. Even video. <laughs> Just go read yeah. the feedback that people are giving back to that that 
that video. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. It's absolutely. It. And you know, the, the Amazon thing started with, I was doing some research for my own business mm-hmm. and I wanted to he- I wanted to see what some of the struggles were. You know, we always are in our own heads that we don't think, uh, we, we're not thinking how our ideal client is thinking. Right. So I did that. I went out and I was doing some searching for some different things. And I was like, this is actually really helpful. That is. So, yeah. Awesome. I love doing it. Do you use the, the meta, the Facebook um, ad library at all as a source of inspiration? Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would. Or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship? Hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com slash monetize, and I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. I do, I do at times, um, especially if I know my clients' competitors, because I kind of want to see what they're doing. But the what I don't like is one of the things that they took away in the ads library is now you can only see current ads that people are running. They used to let you see ones that were run in the past. And with the ones they ran in the past, you used to be able to see a little bit more data on them. And for some reason, Meta decided to take that away. So now you can only see current ads. And (laughs) it, it is, you know, it's, and I get it. I, you know, to a degree, I understand, but you know, a lot of things that I find is that even going to just, if it's a competitor or a, a like business is going to their Facebook or Instagram accounts and just seeing what they're posting, seeing what people are commenting on, seeing what, what their engagement looks like and things along those lines that helps often a lot too. Right. Or running ads off of your big competitor that's spending lots and lots of money <laughs> A lookalike audience that way. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's one of the questions, the other questions I get asked a lot also is that what about the creative? Do I need to have these professional videos or all these professional images? And you don't believe it or not, you don't. What, what I see right now, and I know that others that do what I do are also seeing it because we, we talk to each other is just the, what we call those native organic images, those turn the camera and take a selfie, the image of you just outside doing something or, you know, anything that makes you look real because people are getting conditioned to pick up on ads when they're scrolling. Mm -hmm. And what they want to see is they want to see images most a lot of the times in pictures that look like their friends or look like them. Because if you, when you think about it, if you always put out these, oh, you rented this beach house for a day and you took these photos and you did these videos of this lavish lifestyle, a lot of people are intimidated by that and think, oh, she's not for me or that's, he's not connecting with me. You want that just to be authentic and, and look like they do so that they go, she's just like me or he, he's like, he's, he has the same problems I do. Those are the things that are going to get you that that click or get you to th- that person to take that action. It's not always about the flashiest, most beautiful. Just be real. That's what people want nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It tends to be the more polished it is, the more people's radars of this is 
an advertisement, something trying to sell me like that. It's actually putting people off at least what yeah. I picked up on. Absolutely. It is. It's just, you know, in looking at, you know, not only do we, you know, we do run ads on other platforms. One of my favorite, to be honest with you, platforms is Pinterest. Mm. And it's such the kind of like the sleeping giant. There's a ton of real estate there and it's really cheap. And the difference is, is that Pinterest is very easy to use. It's, it's pretty easy to run ads once you get it down, but it's very easy for people to use. But what I like is when you think about it, when somebody goes to Pinterest they normally, they're not just scrolling usually. Yes, you have your home feed or whatever it is, but most of the time they're going there and the first thing they're doing is going to search and typing in, um, you know, they heard about wall Pilates. So they're typing in wall Pilates workouts or they're typing in, you know, um, how to um, stage my home or how to decorate a five-year-old's elephant themed birthday party <laughs> or recipes. I mean, there's a ton of things yeah. to where I went on there and searched how to create a Facebook ad. And I was shocked at the pins because people are using it for so much more and they're prime for you because they're going there looking for something. Yeah, They're not just scrolling and wasting time. They're actually looking for something. So it's a great platform to use. And the easiest way to get started is just create a Pinterest account. Make sure it's a business account. It's not hard. They don't charge you. And just start pinning away. Well, to that point, though, so you go across different um, ad platforms, right? Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for people of where to target? Like, is it based off a niche? Is it based off the business size? How do they know where to go? The biggest thing is that Facebook and Instagram, the meta platform, is usually the best place to start. It's a great place to really kind of hone in your audiences and your interests. Like, for instance, what I do, um, I do something called sandbox testing where I truly find individual interests that work for you. I don't just group them together in the beginning in one big one. I want to know that every interest you spend a dime on or a penny on actually works for you. Um, but Facebook and Instagram is a great way to kind of flush out your messaging and images and that targeting. And then we look at what can be added on. So like to me, Pinterest is usually a great next step as an add on. It's a plus. It works a little bit differently, but it can give you a little bit more boost on a different platform. YouTube ads are a great add on if you're set up with YouTube. Um, Google ads are good. Google's an expensive platform. And it's a lot more involved because people will say, oh, well, we can just do Google too. Um, no, Google's not a social media platform. It's a search engine and right. it's a totally different animal. You know, you are totally bidding on keywords. And if you don't know your keywords, you're going to blow through a lot of money really fast with no results. So really Facebook and Instagram are the ideal and, you know, Meta owns both. Yes, you can run ads just on Instagram. You can run ads just on Facebook. You can run different ads on different platforms. So if you're not as strong in Instagram, you don't have to worry about it. You can, the placements are picked. And even if you don't have an Instagram profile and you choose auto placements with Meta, they actually will show your ads on Instagram, even though you don't have an Instagram profile. Nice. And what kind of budget do you recommend for people? Like, what does it take budget-wise and time-wise to be able to see results? If 
for newer people and people just starting out, um, whether they're brand new in business or they're just starting out with ads and they've been in business, most people, um, the, well, anybody really, I tell them what your budget should be is what you can afford. Don't go into debt with credit cards. Don't take out loans if you don't need to. It's what you can afford because look, I have a lot of people that will start out at $5 a day with a budget. It depends on what your goals are, what the plan is. And that's why you have to have those. You know, I have clients that start out with me and their first start is just lead generation. They're looking to bring leads in, figure out their cold people, build that email list, and they're most likely pitching them something in an email series once they come in through, because it's normally a freebie, you know, ebook, checklist, recipe, something or other. Um, and a lot of them will start out at $5 a day and then watch as they grow. But there's a few things. Don't ever let somebody set your budget for you. If somebody tells you that you have to have a, a big budget and you're not comfortable with it, don't be comfortable with it and go <laughs> walk. Because it just isn't. Um, before, you know, I've been on my own. I've had the agency for four years now. Before that, I worked for a very large agency. Um, and at that point, when I was working for that agency as just one of the few um, ads managers, I was actually managing between $150,000 and $200,000 a month in ad spend for the clients I handled. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky to work with some big players. I worked with Amy Porterfield's team. I worked with Gabby Bernstein's team. Um, and they could do it, but that agency brought on some, some newer, smaller businesses that struggled just to pay the monthly fee to have their ads run. And that's the other part. When you look at a monthly fee that an, that a, an ad agency like mine is going to charge, or if it's a intensive where they, something is just set up and you run it, or it's that, you know, the phases like I do that can last from one month to two months and then two months to three months. Um, always remember, if somebody's going to charge you, let's say $1,000 a month to run ads, your budget for ads should probably be $1,000 because you don't, you know, you've got to make your money back. So you really have to look at, you know, your return on investment and what you can afford to do. And look, I don't want to scare anybody. Don't think that, you know, if look at if you don't have $2,000 to spend on ads between ad management and ad budget, don't do it. Walk away. No, talk to somebody because there's a lot of us out there that will work with you. That's why, like I said, I do phase programs because it works to help those people starting out because look at somebody that's just starting or has been in business a while and is bringing in, you know, let's say $50,000 a year or less deserves the help and deserves the service to, you know, to help them grow the same as a Gabby Bernstein does or a Michael Hyatt or, you know, a Rachel Hollis or whoever else is out there. We all start somewhere. Absolutely. And so looking at your, your corporate career to your business, what did that journey look like for you? Oh, <laughs> um, well, it, the corporate career actually started way back in 1997 when I graduated from college. So I'm, I'm not a young buck, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, I worked in marketing and sales and development all through my career. And it was funny because I always knew I wanted to do something else and I wanted my own thing. 
I just could never figure out what that was. I, I had that burning and that, that need and that want, but I didn't know what it was. And I stumbled into ads eight years ago um, when they were first getting started, did some stuff for a startup, ended up at the agency. And then the change from agency to my own, I had to make a decision with the agency that either I was going to walk away and change course, or I was going to walk away and start my own. And it was the kind of underdogs I'm going to call them, and that's okay. The underdogs are what pushed me to start my own. I loved what I did. I just didn't love how I was doing it and said, I can do this and I can do it in a different way. And I did. And it was a um, quick hit. I didn't do the whole side hustle thing. I said, enough's enough. I'm done. Um, and I had some vacation time. <laughs> I'm accrued up. So I got paid for a few weeks while I figured some things out. And look, it, it, I had I took some licks. It was, There were some hard lessons in the beginning. And, and there's still hard lessons throughout this four years. But I did an all in. But I did it all debt free. And it was different. I So... If I was to say to anybody looking to make it from that corporate switch to finally going out on your own, whether it's a consulting business, a coaching business, whatever it may be, just make sure it's the right time for you. But sometimes the right time includes our health and well-being, which it did for me. My stress level was out of control. And that was a big factor for me. And just do it. You'll keep putting it off and say someday, 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 just do it. Just do it. That's all I can tell somebody. I love it. And so timeline wise, how did you fare through COVID? Like, what did that look like for you? I sometimes feel very guilty when I talk about COVID because um, COVID was very good to me in my business. Only because it was, I, sh I should say the very, when the very beginning was rocky mm -hmm. because I did have quite a few clients that said, we're going to pause and step back. We don't know what's going to happen with this thing. So they did. Um, but within a few weeks of COVID, I was just flooded because everybody started to panic when things got started to be shut down, especially when borders were shut down and travel was restricted. Um, and it, a lot of the people were coaches and different course creators and different things that were used to live events, hosting events doing different things. And they went, what do we do now? So they knew they had to force it online and they had to get the word out in different ways. So it truly, um, it was good to me and it was good. It's been good through that because what's happened, I think from COVID is that a lot of businesses who wouldn't have considered paid ads or ads on Facebook or Instagram are open to it now and seeing what it can do that you know, even in this, you know, I live in a very small little town in upstate New York. And we have a lot of small mom and pop businesses that have been here for generations. Even they're realizing the power of social media, but they're also realizing that it's it's less expensive and it can be less expensive than the radio ads they're paying for or the TV commercial they're paying for. And guess what? We target the people you want. TV can't say, oh, I see that, you know, a female between the age of 37 and 52 is watching this show right now. They can't, they just do it during, you know, what 
whenever. But that's a lot of it is that I think that as much as COVID did the damage that it did to the world, really, because, you know, with kids that missed out on school from being kept home um, to, you know, businesses that lost their businesses to, you know, that just this, the sickness and how many people lost their lives, it was terrible. There is some good that came out of it. There was some silver lining there that came out of it. And I think that it helped things evolve more, especially with business and how people do business. I mean, just look at Zoom. Um, You know, how many people would think that people would start working remotely more, but that, um, you know, it used to be video conferencing and things were kind of, you know, a once in a while thing. And now Zoom is a household name and people are using it for everything. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but no, it was, it was good. um, And it continues to be. So I'm grateful for it in that respect, but. No, that's amazing. And it definitely, it hit different markets differently. Like I joked with my husband through COVID, like we went into the liquor store the one day and they're like, it's like Christmas for us. (laughs) Never had done better because everybody was going there to buy liquor. So it's just the nature of humanity and however it impacts us. And, you know, that makes total sense that it's it's It's, online. So you were there to help them. It absolutely is. And that's a, you're, the liquor store is a perfect example of it. <laughs> they were every they were like, it's like Christmas here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so in your business, how have you learned to work smarter, not harder? As we were joking at the beginning of this, but yeah, that's a big one. Um, there's been a few things that I've had to, I've had to develop. Um, One is that, you know, setting restrictions for myself, that it's very easy. Um, You know, my office is in my home and we all know anybody that's got an office in their home knows it's very easy to um, just not think about time. Or you might think that I used to do this famous thing of that. Oh, well, I have like an hour or two in the evening. So it's like, I'll just go in and, you know, look at a few things. Um, it's, it was hard for me to really make that cut because I felt like I had to just keep working, keep working. Um, I am lucky that I have a, a dedicated office with a door that I shut. So when I'm done at the end of the day, I shut the door. Yeah. I don't even want to look in there. I, I mean, obviously I'll come in the office for a few things sometimes, yeah. but um, not to say that I don't work at different hours because I will, because one of the biggest things is that, you know, People need to realize if you have a business, you know this. If you're starting out and you don't know this, you need to realize that you not only work in your business, but you have to work on your business as well. And that was the part for me. I was blocking time in my calendar for everything in the business, but no time to work on the business. So I was spending nights and weekends working on the business and I was getting burnt out. So I finally, you know, I I had listened to a podcast um, a few years back where they said, you should spend the first hour of every day working on your business. And it was brilliant. Now, I don't spend the first hour, but I block time now in my calendar the same way I do for, you know, calls, for meetings with clients, for client work. I block time in my calendar and I spend that time working on the business. Because if not, where's it going to be? 
you know, I realized that I had to automate some things. I was doing stuff the old school way. I'm old school. Look at, I started out media buying out of college in 1998 and I was buy. I did what I do now, just was buying TV and radio and billboards. Now I'm just buying on a different, you know, platform, but I had pieces of paper and written notes. I still do everywhere. Um, but I had to start automating some things and creating templates and, you know, figuring out ways that I could make things run a little bit smoother and to not take so much work. But I think the biggest thing that made a difference with me of working smarter, not harder was staying out of my email, out of my inbox. I would watch my inbox every second. I would have it up on one screen and I could tell when a new email came in. And that was such a it would consume my time. It would take me off task. It just was not ideal. So I check my email three times a day. I check it first thing in the morning. I check it midday and I check it at the end of the day. And that's how it works. Because if not, I did it. And I know there's people out there that can are probably nodding right along too. that <laughs> you check an email. And the next thing you know, you're in your inbox and two hours have gone by. And it's just it's the same thing. It just for, uh, I guess that runs along the lines of that. For me, it was just really setting a schedule and making a plan so that I, I didn't, you know, get carried away with, you know, just so much time waste really is what it is. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, no. And I love, uh, it's so important to set those healthy boundaries, both in your home, in your day, in your schedule, in your calendar, all of it is establishing those healthy boundaries, sticking with them. And time blocking is huge, like hugely helpful for people that are listening to be strategic in your time, like you mentioned, and really just setting aside those times in your calendar for those specific tasks that you need, you know you need to do. So it's, it's critical. Um, and yeah, I remember one of my favorite books is the four-hour work week that mm -hmm. was <laughs> transformational for me with my email and they talk about it in that book and you know talk about checking it once a day like he would just go to noon that's it I'm checking my email at noon it can wait to the next day or they could forward it to my team and you know it just makes a big difference so yeah yeah it really that's the biggest thing like I said is that but we all we all know what it's like everybody started somewhere we all started somewhere and we all know what it's like you know to think that you have to do all the things all the time, because if not, what's going to happen. Right. And we don't, it's okay. It, it absolutely is. You know, I wish that I could just check my email twice a day. Um, I can't because of the nature of my business. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't times that I, when I do check my email, cause I do have it on my phone that I might be sitting outside in the sunshine and checking my email, you know, <laughs> Yeah. So it's, that's the, that's the great part about what we do, you know, as entrepreneurs is that for the most part with any of us, we can work anywhere we want, anytime we want. So that is good. And realizing that, you know, one of the things that I also had to realize is that, you know, something, um, I'm not chained to my desk. I'm not chained to things. So if it's a beautiful afternoon, because, you know, we go through a heck of a winter here. Right. Um, 
you know, once spring hits and we start getting those warmer days, if it's a Tuesday afternoon and it hits, you know, 65 degrees and it's beautiful and sunny, I'm not going to say that, that my husband and I, cause my husband's retired, thankfully, um, I'm not going to say that my husband and I don't say, hey, let's go grab a late lunch somewhere up the lake and have a glass of wine. And you know what? Then I come back and I might work from five o'clock till 730 or eight o'clock. Yeah. But I can do that. And that's what I love. And that's the thing that anybody that is out there that's an entrepreneur, we are a different breed. We just are. You're, we're just built differently. I always say an entrepreneur is the only person that will um, quit working eight hours a day for somebody to work 20 hours a day for themselves, because you know that eventually you're not going to have to do that. Um, but remember the good parts. Remember why you started and remember that you're still in control, that you're not, you know, if, if you want to not work Fridays, figure it out and don't work Fridays. I don't, now I do, what I actually do now is I'll do like my bookkeeping and like some office things on Friday morning, but I like to be done Friday by noon and that's it. Yeah. So remember those things that you're in control, build what you want. Definitely. No, and you need to be strategic with your calendar, your plan, your vision, all of it. Like they all tie together because otherwise it falls apart. Absolutely. And that can happen very easily. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in all that you've accomplished, which is huge, how do you define success? What does that look like for you? Oh, that's probably the hardest question I ever get asked. <laughs> um, I think it's that it's that balance. It's that um, I love what I do every day. I love what I do every minute because it's part of me. Um, Success to me is that I know that I can, that we have the life we want, that we're living the life we want. We don't live in abundance, um, but we're comfortable. And I like that. Um, you know, life hasn't always been that way for me. And so being comfortable is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the flexibility it, in having the flexibility I have define is successful to me because I can take time and do things and, and not have to worry about, you know, I always hated that you're allowed, you get eight days of vacation this year. Right. Um, that doesn't work for me, but I think the biggest, the biggest definition of success for me is that I feel good about what I do. I love what I do every day. Um, I know that what I do actually does make a difference in people's lives, not just their business, but in their life, because most of them are entrepreneurs as well. And it's a feel good. That's the biggest success. I, I could tell you that watching that number change from, you know, starting out at $2,000 months to, to hitting $20,000 months. It's nice. It's not success though. It truly isn't because the other side of it is that, you know, as well as I do, those months can fluctuate. There's no guarantee in this. We, we, you know, there's no guarantee when you decide to go out on your own, there just isn't. And it's not for the week. That's for sure. And I've had things where months have been really, really good. And a month or two later, it can not look the same way. So we, we ride that roller coaster, but the bank account is a plus 
but it allows us to live comfortable. But the success is that knowing that I built this, yeah. this came, this came from me. I do this every day and that I, I truly am helping people and it's, I love it. I have a client. I'll share this with you quick. We've been working together for almost three years. She's been with me, which is phenomenal. I love her. When she started out, she's a coach, a health and wellness coach. And when she started out, her goal was $20,000 months. And she did that and surpassed it quickly. Her next goal was $50,000 months. She said to me the other day, Christina, I'm stuck. I said, what do you mean we're stuck? Because it's always we. Right. She goes, I'm stuck at $100,000 months and I just can't break past them. And I laughed. First of all, I'd like to have that problem. Right. That's a great problem. Um, And I said to her, did you hear what you just said? And she goes, well, I said, I'll never forget our first call when you said, I want $20,000 a month. I go, you have $100,000 months. I said, and you can't break past them. And she started to laugh and she goes, you know what? You're right. And it's just those things. It's not. And that's where, when we talk about these numbers, it's not about the numbers. It truly isn't. Look at when I set my goal, my one goal that I wanted a $10,000 a month, that when I said to my husband, I'll never forget, we were sitting at a local place eating and having a couple of drinks. And he said, because he always kept track of the numbers. Do you know what you did this month? And I go, no. And he told me, and I'm like, oh. And I said, I want 10,000. And he goes, why? I go, because there's this Louis Vuitton bag I'm going to buy. <laughs> I said, when I hit 10,000, one $10,000 month, I'm buying this bag. Lo and behold, I bypassed the 10K, didn't even hit it. Like what that, the net, when it happened, I went right past it. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the first $20,000 month. And he said to me, do you realize? And I just go, no. And he said, you still haven't bought that Louis Vuitton bag. That was two years ago. No, I never bought the Louis Vuitton bag because you know what? I really didn't need it. And it didn't define success. Um, and what I have found, and I laugh about this is, and my husband, if, if you asked him, he would tell you as well that the bigger the months, the less money I spend. I don't know why. Yeah. The less money I spend, you know, I, you know, I'll mention something to him and he'll go, just buy it. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) I don't know why I really don't, but it's just, so yeah, still don't own the Louis Vuitton bag and I'm fine with it. Um, Maybe if I had a hundred thousand dollar (laughs) month, I'll buy it, but it's just, it's one of those things that but, you know, it's still in setting those goals though, and knowing what you're working for and, you know, having a goal of a certain, um, revenue or certain profit is really what I should say, because there's a big difference between revenue and profit. Totally. Um, so that you can live the life you want. Absolutely. But, you know, if you focus on the money as the driving force, it probably isn't going to be as smooth and probably is going to be a little bit harder than what you think. Yeah. Because once you do it and once you're, you're doing good work, 
once you're providing good services, once you're running a good business, the money will come. Definitely. Yeah. The more you can help people, the rest, it just falls into place. Absolutely. Yeah. So what can people expect from you next? You've got lots going on and lots of exciting things. (laughs) Well, next is that, well, there's two things that are next. One is that, um, you know, I started out when I started out in ads, my very first job that I actually was running Facebook and Instagram ads, well, Facebook ads then because they didn't have Instagram or Instagram ads at the time, um, was in the real estate market and I love it. So I actually am kind of doing a, um, kind of a channel off the business that's going to have specials, packages, and pricing for just real estate agents and brokers um, because I love it and I know it very, very well. That's that's where I got all my experience. So, um, you know, I really fine-tuned it then. And I do work with some realtors now, but I really want to pursue working in the real estate market a little bit more. So I have that and I'm launching the Marketing Mafia. It's an all-involved, um, very inexpensive month-to-month membership. Um I'm going to start out the founding capos, I'm calling them, which capo is Italian for captain. And that's, you know, you've got the boss, the mafia boss, and then the capos underneath them that run each family. So founding capos can join. um, And I'm launching the founding member price at $37 a month, no commitment, month to month. And like I said, we're going to have, you know, not only is there going to be a full training on something ads wise every single month. Um, which will be in the resources as well. So if somebody joins in six months, you're going to have access to all of that library. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have an at least at least one expert a month that's going to do a training on something else, whether it's analytics or it is organic social or email marketing or creating content or you know tech, anything, anything that could you know kind of evolve into that marketing mindset. Um, those experts as well. It's obviously a great community where people are going to be able to ask questions and just get support from others and and brainstorm. Because one of the things that I learned, and it's the part that was the hardest for me going out on my own is that you're on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like coming out of an office, really. You know, I worked remotely for the agency, but we had team huddles every day. And I had, you know, I made friends with other ads managers that worked there or the assistants. And we, you know, had a slack that we would all, you know, make jokes. And we had like, I think they had one that was water cooler jokes or, you know, people would share about birthdays or, you know, you got to know each other and you had that. And when you go out on your own, you don't. And what I noticed in looking and doing research in the market, because I had originally thought of just doing a membership that was based on ads was that, there's all these memberships that are just based on specific things. So I wanted it all to come together. And, you know, the goal down the road with the membership is, you know, offering even more advanced different trainings and things that people may need. And we never know. Um, two of us were talking and the marketing mafia could turn into a big mastermind someday. That's a high level mastermind for people. I don't know, but you know, a course is great and there's nothing wrong with it, but I can tell you right now that at least on the ad side, and I know it does other ways, but with the ads, it changes every day. And this is going to be a place where look at how awesome would it be? Cause this is happening and it's, it's happening now. 
that you go in and look at your ad account or you go in and look at your Facebook profile and you're disabled. It's been shut down. And you're like, what do I do? Just imagine if that happened today, but you're a member of the marketing mafia. So you hop in and say, my ad account got disabled or my, you know, profile got disabled. What do I do? You've got us. We've got you. You're going to have a team of experts. that's going to be able to say, okay, here's in, and for me, here's a loom. I recorded a loom. Here's how to go about asking for review and, and hopefully getting it back. Um, you know, we're going to have some hot seats where people can come on and say, you know, we'll randomly choose. What is it? What's your big concern? Get in the hot seat and let's talk through it and let's work with you. Once a month, they're going to be able to submit their ad. If they're running ads, their ad campaign or an ad to me, and I'll give them feedback on it. I'll record a video. I'll go through it and I'll send it to them saying, here's some improvements or here's how you can scale. So everything's going to be real time. I always say it's going to be real time, not old time right there for them. So we're excited. Um, I had hoped to have had it launched May 1st, but I really want to get experts locked in and I really want to get a, a good plan in place before we do. But um, my plan is to put it out there June 1st, but I may do a little bit of a soft sneak peek if somebody really wants to know now and let them get in as a founding member. And then, um, you know, we're going to be ready to go June 1st and get some information out. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to check it out. Thanks. It's it's exciting. It's been yeah. one of those things that's been in the works for about eight months because you know how we do it. It's, yeah, I'll do it. No, it's not ready. And it's like, had to take my own advice. Just do it. Just do it. Just go. So where can people find you online? How can they check this out? Well, if they want to find me online on Facebook, I am there under Pierce Media. Um, on Instagram, it's also Pierce Media. And my website is www.k, the letter K, piercemedia.com. Um, and if somebody wants to email me and ask a question, set up a discovery call, chat, anything like that, wants information on the marketing mafia, they can drop me an email and it's Christina with a K at kpiercemedia.com. Awesome. And we'll have all the links down below so people can come check you out and sign up for your program. But yeah. if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you tell them? I think my favorite thing, um, and that is always... If you don't build your own dream, somebody else will hire you to build theirs. So like I said, I am, I started out on my own in my mid forties. Um, there's, don't think you can't, um, even if it is as a side hustle to figure things out, just look at the other one is, um, and I love it is that you know, we only get one chance at life. This isn't a dress rehearsal. So why the heck aren't we running like hell towards the fire? Um, and it's the truth. You know, we all, I'm sure at some point in life um, have had some things happen, lost some people that you didn't think you would lose when you would. This is, we get one shot at it. So, you know, follow your dreams, build your dreams. The worst thing that can happen is that you can say it didn't work. But you know what? If you don't try, you can't say it didn't work. So just do it. It's exactly it. That's the way I feel. And life's too short for anything else. I love it. Thank you, Christina. That was awesome. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. I love chatting with people. Can you tell? (laughs) As do I. This was a lot of fun. If you found value in this episode, please do share it because that's how people find us and subscribe so you can catch future episodes. And you can find me at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Seven Figure Builder Show with Julie Baranek. Julie cut her teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship-based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you found your new home. It's what we do. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at 7 Builder. Find the website at 7figurebuilder.com. And to learn how to automate your podcast with Julie, find that site at 7figurepodcastbuilder.com. See you next time on the 7 Figure Builder Show.